0: Before we get started, I wanted to read one of our latest reviews at the Radiant Podcast. Carson writes, Kelsey, you and your podcast have just been a complete joy and blessing in my life. I have loved each and every episode, the guests you bring on, and the insight and knowledge I receive every single time I listen. It's nothing but goodness, truly. Your latest interview with Polly from Horatio Printing really hit home, and I'm so excited to share it with my friends because I know they'll benefit too. Thanks again for being such a true encourager of women and people. Guys, Reviews like this make my day. And I would love for you to take 30 seconds and head on over and leave a review for the Radiant Podcast. It's not just about popularity or ratings, but it's also what helps spread the word about get this podcast and get it in the rankings of iTunes. So other people come tag along because the more the merrier, right? So leave a review and also be sure to screenshot the radiant podcast when you're listening and put it in your Instagram stories and tag me. So I know, and then I'm going to be reposting the tagged screenshots every single week in my story. So I would love to see who's listening. I want to know who my radiant tribe is and I will see you in the reviews and on Instagram. Today we have Kara Chase joining us. Kara is a friend, a Pinterest marketing evangelist, and Squarespace designer who has made a business out of helping small businesses and a few rock stars get noticed online and drive eyeballs to their website. She started in 2011 by managing 13 million fans across 17 social media accounts for a worldwide band. Since then, she's gone on to create hashtag campaigns for cities and their tourism boards and online courses to help online entrepreneurs like you figure out this whole digital marketing puzzle for their businesses. When she's not geeking out on Pinterest and Squarespace, she's listening to music, reading in fuzzy slippers, or entertaining her kiddo with dance parties and doing the funny faces on Snapchat. Y'all, you are going to love our conversation. When I say Kara is a Pinterest marketing evangelist, I mean it. She Is a guru and the real deal in this space. So I am so excited for her to share all of her know hows in our conversation that follows. Without further ado, let's get started. Hey, Kara.
1: Hey, Kelsey.
0: I am so glad you've joined me today. We have had a lot of fun collaborating lately. We have. And it is, I've learned so much from you. So I'm so
1: excited to have you on the Radiant Podcast. Tell us about what you do and who you are and your story. Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I um, just love chatting with you and I'm glad we're getting to do it kind of officially. So (laughs) um, yeah, what do I do? I do Pinterest marketing and Squarespace website design. This is something that I've niched down to, as I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with that phrase, um, over the last um, over three years in business, figuring out not only what I really love to do, but what my clients need um, and what I have the most fun doing. So um you know this is very recent in my life this change my first career was totally different I actually was recruited out of college to be a special agent for the government. <laughs> I know, kind of, kind of unique. So it's fascinating. <laughs> how, how does that happen? By the way. Well, um, you know, I might so my degree is actually in forensic anthropology. I wanted to be Indiana Jones. I wanted to dig in the dirt around the world, and I realized about halfway through college, I put myself through a private university in San Diego that was not cheap. And I realized about halfway through that with an anthropology degree, my choices were to either go back and get my master's and take on more student loan debt or work at the Museum of Man in San Diego for minimum wage and not be able to pay my student loans. So <laughs> the the pie in the sky, like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life kind of dissipated a little bit. And I started thinking, okay, how, what am I going to do here? And my minor was in international relations, and I had this amazing class on international law enforcement. And it wasn't a recruiting class. It was um, the professor had agents from every single federal agency come in, so FBI, DEA, IRS, at the time, U.S. Customs, and talk about the kind of cases and investigations they did, what they had jurisdiction over, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the female agent came in from U.S. Customs, and it just fascinated me because it was anything and everything. I'm talking drug smuggling and financial investigations and intellectual property rights and arms export control. And I mean, you name it, anything and everything that crosses the border. And I love the idea of doing something different for work every day. And of course, um, people that are not in the industry, when you think of special agent and federal law enforcement, you think, ooh, you know, really sexy, really interesting. (laughs) Um, And I marched right up to the agent after the class was over and said, hi, my name's Kara. What internship opportunities do you guys have available? And she said, I have no idea, uh, but send me your resume. And I did. And about a week later, I got a call from headquarters saying, we want you to apply. And I was one of 40 interns from around the entire country that was selected for this national internship program. And the last year and a half of college, I spent as an intern, um, which was, it was a very hands-on internship. It was not making copies and getting coffee. I was participating in search warrants and all sorts of fun stuff. And when I graduated, they rolled me right over um, as a special agent and I started my career. So very shortly after I became an agent, um, 9-11 was happening, just to age myself a little bit. And uh, the whole big change happened with, um, at the time, President Bush uh, dissolving immigration and customs and combining them into the new Department of Homeland Security, which is what everybody's familiar with now. So there were a lot of growing pains and a lot of changes that happened with that, um, that most people that were a part of U.S. Customs uh, were not happy with, me included. And I realized after 10 years as a special agent that it was not what I wanted to spend the next 20 years of my life doing. Um, I was realizing more and more how creative I naturally am. And how being told, well, this is the way we always do it, or have always done it, is just not something that works for me. Um, And I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I knew that I was not going to do it the rest of my life. And I mean, you talk about like the most uncreative thing you could possibly do, that's working for the federal government. (laughs) <laughs> so, but I learned a ton of skills and had a lot of fun. And the woman who was the agent that came to my class is actually still one of my best friends. Uh, we had just formed this amazing friendship and mentorship and, um, peer relationship. That's amazing. So, um, and there are friends that you make that, I mean, there's just nothing else like it in life when you trust mm-hmm. somebody enough to put your life on the line with them, for them. Um, so there's there were a lot of good things that happened out of those 10 years of my adult life. But I decided I was done and I couldn't do it anymore. And my husband and I moved up to Portland, Oregon, and I quit. And everybody thought I was crazy because I made very good money and the benefits and the pension—I mean, federal law enforcement is one of the few jobs out there that still actually has a pension. Um, yeah. And everybody says it was crazy, and and my perspective was this is taking years off my life in stress alone, and I'd be crazy to let the government have that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, no, uh, you're crazy for for trading years of your life for an income now. So, um, I, I, again, I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew I couldn't do it anymore. And we moved up here and, um, I was unemployed and pretty soon after we moved up, uh, I got pregnant with our first child. And so that puts a damper on the job hunting, uh, (laughs) the job search. Right. And I actually started volunteering with a band that I'm a fan of. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's um for all you 90s thrash metal fans, um, I was volunteering for the band Megadeth and Dave Mustaine. And what I was doing was I was helping to moderate their Facebook page. And at the time, um it was something like six and a half million likes on their page. And so there was a small group of people, trusted people that What go in and just delete the spam and the crappy comments and just, you know, how people are online. Um, Yeah. And because I was unemployed and I didn't have anything better to do and we were kind of broke because we had just cut our income in half. So it's not like I could go out and like go do a bunch of fun things. Um, I started realizing how much they were missing the boat on social media. Like seriously missing the boat, them along with most of the music industry.
0: Um,
1: And I just started learning and doing and getting my hands on everything I could around social media marketing. I was getting inspiration from like traditional corporate brands. Um, Not even other music industry because the music industry wasn't getting it. They weren't doing it. So I was being inspired by other social media campaigns that I came across and figuring out how to apply it to the band Um, and just started like, hey, guys, like, what about this and what about this? I actually started you'll love this. I actually started the Instagram accounts for Dave and the band and some of the band members. I love it. Yeah. And it was funny because when I was talking with Dave about Instagram, he was like, I love this quote. He said, the only thing I know about Instagram is my 15 year old daughter takes like 10 selfies a day. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. And I was like, no, 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 Dave, here's the magic of user generated content. And as soon as I explained all of that to him, he was like, let's do it, run with it, all of it. And so within a year and a half of me starting to volunteer, I actually became the social media manager for Dave and the band and everything involved with that. Um, And I was managing 13 million fans across 17 social media accounts. And I was interfacing with Universal Music and management and, you know, their album launches and the fan club group and just everything. Um, it was drinking from a fire hose. So I think my time, as a federal agent, um, let me parlay a lot of, um, stress skills and juggling skills and a lot of things that I had to do to manage completely switching industries to something at that level and that amount of time. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And, um, let's see, what else can I tell you? I mean, one of my biggest inspirations, this was really fun. So I was, taking a break. One day I was at a bookstore. I was at Barnes and Noble and I was reading a magazine, just, just taking a break. And I came across this ad and I think it was for like Crate and Barrel or Z gallery or some like totally unrelated industry. And they had, they were just starting on Instagram and they had a call to action for Instagram for their branded hashtag for people to show their furniture in their homes and their living rooms and whatever. And immediately, I had this, oh my gosh, I mean, Megadeth, fans of Megadeth and that genre, it's a lifestyle. It is a community. (laughs) It is, nobody else gets it but us. And so I created this whole campaign around the hashtag MyMegadeth. And every single month, we would have multiple times a month, like, go on Instagram and tag your your concert photos, your merch, you listening to the music, your collection, your any of that, anything that has to do with the band and that lifestyle, tag it with my Megadeth. And we had a rolling contest every month. And every month, we would pick a guy and a girl to be featured and get um, a shout out and a regram on our Instagram profiles. Um And by the time I left, we were getting a 1,000 pictures a month tagged with my Megadeth. And literally, this came from me sitting in Barnes & Noble and getting that click of inspiration from something totally unrelated. So um, that was that. That was a couple years um, and a ton of experience, a ton of fun, getting to go out on the road a couple times um, and just really have a good time and bridge that gap between the fans and the band that was what was amazing about what I did. Yeah. So, um, after a couple of years that came to an end, they switched management. The music industry is notorious for not wanting to pay anybody for anything. And I just reached a point where what I was doing and the income I was making was no longer sustainable. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and left and did a short stint at a social media agency, which is when I quickly realized that corporate like agency life is also very much not for me. Um, having never really been in the private sector, right? I spent 10 years in, you know, the government and then I just worked for a band on my own. And so working at the agency was my first stint into like, you know, normal what everybody else does. Um and it was very much not for me. So I decided to start my own business. And I started with what I knew, which was doing general social media for brands and small businesses. And um, my first client was a project backed by a musician that I got hooked up with. And I just kind of started with that general sense of social media and marketing. And very quickly, I taught myself how to build Websites on Squarespace um, because I had a client that said, Do you build websites? And I said, Yes, I do. Um, and then I taught myself how to do it. So, um, email marketing, blogging, anything like that that you can think of. Um, and I spent a couple years doing that. And what I realized last year um, was that Pinterest was just awesome for clients. It was where I really shined. It was where my clients really shined for many reasons. Um, and it's why I chose to niche down last year into just doing that. And what that's done for me is instead of people not really knowing how to refer me because I do all the things with digital marketing. Now, when somebody says, Uh, oh, I really need to get on Pinterest, people go talk to Kara. Yep. So... That's been amazing. And Squarespace sites for me are like super fun, creative start and stop projects. It's always fun to have those projects where it's like, this is going to be three to four weeks of my time and then it's done versus having like retainer services. Yeah. So that is kind of the long story of how I am where I am, but it has definitely been a unique, a unique journey, I would say. Okay.
0: Well, I have to start with the fun question. Mm -hmm. What... TV show is most like your job as a special agent.
1: Okay. So I cannot <laughs> because those shows tick me off, piss me off, oh, whatever you, like. Is there anything that's realistic? No. And that's why I'm like, I, this is such, nope, nope. I can't, I can't even watch because this is just <laughs> not how it is at all. So, Is there any political
0: show that is remotely accurate from your
1: experience? <sighs> I just stay away from it. I wish I could give you an answer, but I just, I've spent so much time in the government and everything that's involved with it that I don't want anything to do with it ever again. Girl, that's fine. That is so fine. (laughs) So I'd rather watch Gilmore Girls and just whatever. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's probably like, (laughs) obviously it's not accurate, but like looking at, you know, a job. That's being inaccurately represented. Yeah. So um, as for niching down, something you mentioned was niching down yeah. and really refining and honing in on your offers. I think a lot of us get started and offer all the broad things. Right. Um, how did you know to do that? And what would your advice be for someone who probably needs to refine, hone in and offer something tangible versus going you know, instead
1: going narrow and deep, uh, right. instead of broad and shallow. Well, I have to say this was not like a single, there was a single moment that I'll tell you about where I decided it was going to be Pinterest, but this was a, this was probably a year and a half long journey of being totally dissatisfied with my clients. Um, as far as things just getting stale and like being really tired of asking for photos so I could post something on Facebook. <laughs> right. Um, and it just, it was kind of one of those, I kept hearing that I kept hearing the, Oh, you need to niche down. You need to niche down. And I had that fear that I think we all start with or have had at some point where it's like, but I don't want to turn away anybody that could be a client. I don't want to like limit myself. I don't want to, because we're trying to spin up our businesses and, and our portfolios and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just came to the realization that I'm not going to attract the clients that I want if I'm not super clear on what I'm doing. So this again was not one of those like, Oh yeah, I'm going to check that off in my, how to be a business owner workbook. Got it. You know, this was like (laughs) a year and a half of struggles and like talking my husband's ear off about what do I do? What do I do? Um, and I had this moment last June where, we went on our first family vacation, the three of us that didn't involve extended family. So after we moved up here, every time we had gone on vacation was to visit family. And we just kind of honestly got tired of it. Um, and we decided, no, we're going to take a vacation, just the three of us and just unplug and have fun and just be our little family together. So we rented a house on the Oregon coast for a week and I prepped all my clients with like, your stuff is scheduled. Your stuff is going to be taken care of. I am not available. And we go out to this beach house and I didn't bring my laptop, but I did bring, um, we have this little Microsoft surface. That's like a tablet. I did bring that just, just in case, right? Just in case. And what I found myself doing was like in the afternoons when we were just kind of hanging out and not really doing anything, I was either reading a book or I was on Pinterest just for fun, for myself. And after about the third day of this, I realized if I am having fun doing this on vacation, that is all I need to know. And at the same time, I had one of these clients who, despite knowing that I was unavailable, kept messaging me on Facebook. And I was like, you know, All the signs point to exactly what I need to do. So uh, it was at that time that I was like, yeah, I'm I'm pulling back. I'm firing this client. I am focusing totally on Pinterest because I love doing it. And my clients get results on Pinterest. They get unbelievable results as far as traffic and email opt-ins and promoted pins and all of the amazing things that Pinterest can do for your business. It was a no-brainer versus some of the other social media platform where I get the value, but trying to convey that to a small business owner who doesn't get it is really difficult. So does that answer your question? Absolutely,
0: yeah. I mean, I think... More than anything, a lesson I've learned this year is working from alignment. And obviously, we don't always have the privilege of getting out of whatever we don't feel like doing immediately. Right. But we can at least move in that direction. Yep. So, you know, for those of you listening, it's not like Kara and I haven't done work we don't like to do. But you start to feel what's life giving and life sucking. Yep. And you can start making moves to life giving while phasing out of life sucking and doing it as long as you need to keep the roof over your head to do it. Right. But move, start offering, start creating offers that are life giving and you know, replacing the old with the new over time. Right. So how long did it take for you to fully phase into Pinterest?
1: Oh, well, I'm still working on it, I would say, because I'm doing several different things with Pinterest. So it didn't take me very long to kind of redo my website and kind of the messaging around my brand and all that kind of stuff that took, I mean, maybe a month, month and a half. Um, I would say I started getting my ideal clients within, um, I'd say fall last year. So I onboarded some promoted pin clients that have been amazing. And that's just, I mean, that's like any other paid ads management. So, uh, businesses pay me to run their, their ads management on Pinterest. Um, and that's been really fun for me. But, what I've started doing, um, I created and kind of soft launched last the I guess the end of fall, my huge Pinterest course slash community slash learning experience. And right now, I'm in the middle of, okay, we've had these uh, you know, our first group of students in for a few months and we're doing all this fun stuff and I'm really getting a feel for what's valuable for them and what isn't. And so I'm kind of starting to roll out that phase of it because as we all know who do, those of us who do client work, that's not always very scalable and I want to make sure my business is scalable. So Pinterest power up is how I'm working on that.
0: Totally. I would love for you to, you know, Shed light on that a little bit. How does one move from a non scalable business to scalable? Like in a broad sense for our listeners who are tuning in across the board and they're like, wow, I never thought about that. How right. the heck do I scale beyond my 40 out? How do I maximize my income but not work more than 20 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours, right. whatever they've
1: set the goal? Well, I think there's a couple of ways you can do it. If you have decided that you are a client service person, the way you scale is by hiring people under you to be able to scale and act basically like an agency right? So you take on clients and you're the CEO and you're the manager of everything, but you have outsourced, um, either to people that are contractors or hiring people to do the bulk of the work. You know, for me, that would be something like promoted pins management, doing reporting on ads, that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, for me, while I'm not completely opposed to scaling my business somewhat in that way. What speaks to me personally more is doing the online learning community because I feel like I can reach more people that way. Um, and that's what's important to me is impacting people to where they get that light bulb moment with Pinterest and go, oh my God, I wish I had done this a year ago. This is amazing.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. You know, you have a really cool online community, yeah. Pinterest Power Up. I would love for you to kind of touch On what you're doing over there, how you get to work with individuals and help
1: them have those light bulb moments. Yeah. So, when I started kind of brainstorming and thinking about Pinterest Power Up, I'm like, okay, I want to put together a course, but how am I going to make it different? Because we all know how inundated we are with online courses and the options. And I mean, I know I have spent way too much money on a course that ended up like I only got halfway through it, or maybe I never started it, or you know, whatever. I think we've all had that experience. So for me, it was not how do I just throw something up and get as many people to pay for it as possible. It was I really wanted to innovate this learning experience that we all have online. So I decided I did not want this to be a course that was just for beginners or just for promoted pins or whatever it is. I wanted this to feel like a university. I wanted it to feel like a learning center where people could come and know that whatever they were looking to learn or do or find out more about for Pinterest, for their business, they could come to this course. I hate even calling it a course. I wish I could. I haven't figured out a better name for it. So it literally is Pinterest from A to Z and everything in between. So that was my first, like, I just want to give, everything that I know how to do and keep adding to it and have it be, um, where people come back to when they go, you know, I'm ready to start promoted pins. And I didn't look at that six months ago, but I'm ready for that now. So I'm going to hop back into Pinterest power up and do the coursework in the, and the workbooks and watch the videos and participate in discussions to find, cause I'm ready to do this now. So, we have students that have not even switched over to a business profile from where they started to people that are pretty comfortable, but want to know how to like put the funnels and the strategy together around Pinterest. So then I was like, okay, so I want this to be the end all be all like encyclopedia of Pinterest. Okay. But I know that when I invest money in some sort of program or mastermind, it's because I want access to the person that is teaching me. Right. Nothing substitutes for that person having their eye on what I'm doing, brainstorming with me. Um, you know, the mastermind we're in where we get to do back pocket TLCs and just kind of get that extra expertise. So for me, I was able to figure out how to scale that by doing a private Facebook student group, I considered other platforms, other options, and it just seemed the most feasible um, and the easiest, quite frankly, to set up to do a private Facebook group where all the students are in. And what I do is I have prompts every week, like, okay, it's Monday. What's the one thing you're gonna do on Pinterest this week to help move your strategy forward? And then every week I have office hours. So the office hours are not just, hey, what are your questions? I'll answer them. I do training. So I literally jump on there and I'll screen share and go, Hey, we're putting up a promoted pin today and I'm going to screen share and walk you through this. Um, I I mean, there's been so much added training and hands-on, um, as an element to this learning experience that I feel is really connecting with people and I'm getting that feedback. So that makes me really happy. Um, And then the other thing I do is once in a while, um, and I'm trying to figure out exactly how to lay this out as far as if I do a membership drive or or whatever, but I do power hour sessions with people where they can book an hour with me and it's recorded. And literally for an hour, we brainstorm an action plan and they walk away with, okay, this is exactly what I need to do next on Pinterest and here's how I'm gonna set up this traffic funnel that's gonna lead to sales. So- I didn't want to spend my time constantly like, I mean, I update things in the course. I have a whole section on like, here are the updates on Pinterest. You know, here's what you need to do now instead of what I told you to do in this video from four months ago, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I really wanted it to be around this community that we have online where we brainstorm and I do training and we talk about strategies and what's working and what isn't. So, um, and then I'm wow. Yeah. And then I'm gearing up for my first quarterly power session. So this is in the Facebook group and this is at the end of the quarter. We take, and it's a week, but it's actually Monday through Thursday because I don't work on Fridays because my daughter's home with me, um, which is the beauty of owning your business, right? Prioritizing your schedule. So every day, Monday um, through Thursday, um, and this is actually next week, Um, we are doing planning, strategizing, analyzing for the whole quarter. So the first day is analyzing what happened in Q1. So January, February, and into March, like what happened? What did you guys do? Let's look at our traffic. Here's how to look at your traffic. Here's how to figure out, you know, the metrics you need to be paying attention to, et cetera, et cetera. Day two is all about what's changed on Pinterest, like the updates that happen all the time. What are they testing right now? Like how have things changed since last quarter? How do we need to adjust our strategies? The third day is planning for the next quarter. So we're going to be looking at Q2 and saying, okay, this is my content plan. How am I going to create a Pinterest funnel and strategy to maximize that content plan so it's not just me pumping out content and nobody seeing it? Um, and then the fourth day, I'm going to do one, maybe two, if we have time, hot seats with students where they jump on with me in the Facebook group and we brainstorm and mastermind for their specific strategy. So that's, Ooh. yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun week. And that is something that we do as part of the community every single quarter.
0: I love that because, you know, I don't see anything like that that going on in the Pinterest education sphere. Right. And so I think it's another layer of layer of support. Um I would love for you to chat about the difference you're seeing. I loved an article you wrote. Um I would love to hear the difference you're seeing between Pinterest and Facebook ads. I know there's a different name for it. Is it promoted pins yeah, promoted Facebook pins. ads? Mm-hmm. But I would love to hear, you know, your thoughts on that because I,
1: it it definitely piqued my curiosity for my next, you know, promotion. Right, exactly. So there's a couple key differences. Now, I know that Facebook ads can work really well for people. I know people that just make money hand over fist, get people on their list, all that kind of stuff. When you know how to use it, it works really well. And you have a budget, a large budget. It works really well. Um, And there are times to use it. I have had good experiences with Facebook ads and I have had total flops losing thousands and thousands of dollars with Facebook ads. So I'm kind of neutral about it. I'll say, um, the main difference between Pinterest and Facebook is Pinterest is really good for evergreen content because ads function very differently. So with Facebook, you create an ad, an ads manager. It's a standalone ad. It's not really connected to a post or something else you have going on. You do the targeting, you do the budget, you, you know, you do the graphics, the video, whatever you set it up. And then when the budget's done or the campaign is done, that ad goes away. It disappears forever. You're done. Like hope that worked for you. Uh, with Pinterest, You can only promote a pin that already exists. So you do a blog post. The blog post has a call to action at the bottom to get this awesome content upgrade for their email address. And then that dumps them into an email sequence where hopefully you have a tripwire, low cost, you know, something. So that's like a basic funnel. With Pinterest, you put up a pin that goes to this blog and that pin is going to live forever on Pinterest. It's evergreen. So, you decide to promote that pin. Now, I'm trying to figure out the best way to like lay this out because um, there's so many different factors to it. But when you're done with that campaign, say you decide to promote this pin for four weeks and you're doing you know a few bucks a day and it gets you a whole bunch of traffic and a ton of email signups. Cool done, that ad, it doesn't go away. That pin continues to benefit from the snowball effect of the boost that was behind it with the promoted pin. It's like, it is like nitrous oxide in a, uh, uh, or nitrous in a a street race, a drag race with cars. I mean, it (laughs) gives you this like extra oomph and then it just, it just keeps going. So That's the biggest benefit that I've seen is the ad isn't standalone. It doesn't just go away and hope your money was worth it. It's like, I guess the best way to describe it is it's like what boosting on Facebook is supposed to be, but isn't. (laughs) That is a good way to put it. Right. So the other benefit is it is pennies on the dollar compared to Facebook. So if you have evergreen content And you have a very small budget or you're nervous about setting aside a budget for ads. Pinterest is where you should start. The return on investment I have seen is, I mean, I'm talking like eight cents an email address. It's unreal. That is wild. Yeah.
0: Um, eight cents. Okay. We're going to talk more after this, but that is insane. Um, eight cents an email And for those of you who are list building out there, you know how your ears are perking up when you hear that. Well, and then the other
1: side of it is if you sell products, like you're on Shopify and you've got buyable pins, which is a whole nother thing. I have a client right now that is getting a 326% return on her investment with ads, straight up cash money, what she is earning from promoted pins to people buying her stuff. Wow. Wow that is just wild. So,
0: you know, what, what are you seeing, you know, change in the Pinterest sphere? I know that you put up a story, I think, or, or something in your group last week. Um, and it was a big change, right? I would love to hear like, how does one deal with the changes? I know in the Instagram space, everything changes all the time. (laughs) So what are some tips you can, um, you know, share with our listeners who are weathering the changes of Pinterest?
1: How will it affect them? All of that. I think the key for Pinterest across the board is you've got to be patient. Pinterest is a long term strategy. Typically, when I put up a pin for a blog post, I don't see that pin take off until like three to six months down the line. It is a very long term strategy. In fact, with Other Pinterest industry experts that I know that do management services, they compare their clients' reports year over year, not month over month. Wow. Because it's so long-term. So you definitely have to keep that in mind and be patient. The other part of that that you addressed was the changes. Pinterest messes with stuff all the time. It drives me bananas, Um, you'll go in and you're like, oh, analytics are broken. Awesome. Like, I mean, it just, they just change. Oh, board cover dimensions are different today, but now they're not. Now they're back to the way they were a week ago. I mean, they just, they mess with stuff all the time. What I like about that is they're constantly looking for ways to improve. What I don't like is everybody freaks out and it makes it hard to kind of you know, manage people's expectations or tell them what to do. So I would say the biggest piece of advice is wait and see. Um, I know that everybody was freaking out about board covers because they changed it from a landscape to a square. And everybody was like, well, are they going to change it back? Do I have to redo everything? Do I have to blah, 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 blah? Wait and see until Pinterest comes out with this is the change we've made and this is official and it's sticking." Eh, just kind of just kind of watch them late. So um, I would not move to change things right away when you see something different. And Pinterest is the same as any other social media platform in one way when they release new features, they tend to roll them out. So you might hear about a new feature and not get it for a couple weeks or whatever. So I mean, I hope that answers your question. Really, the key is patience and just wait and see.
0: Yeah, I'd love to kind of even expand on that in business. Can you tell us about playing the long game? Because I think we have a lot of ads that target us perfectly and tell us we'll be in a millionaire tomorrow, yeah. um, especially on Facebook. Right. Um, and, you know, this industry, any, any online business, but really any business, it's the long game. And no matter what some ad perfectly promises you, mm-hmm. um, what are your tips for just keeping your head up in the long game? Because
1: not every day is easy. Right. Um, gosh, well, I guess, I mean, you start with having that perspective of like, this is a long game. If you can at least tell yourself that and start to believe it, you're way ahead of the game. Um, I think when we start business, I know I did. This was true for me. I was consuming everything that I could get my hands on about how to do this, how to do that. Five steps to this a week till that free email course, this free, you know, whatever. And it's so easy to get sidetracked and think, okay, I did this. Where's the money? Where, where is it? Okay. I'm ready. Um, And sometimes I still struggle with that because you know what it's like to put in a lot of work into something and then to just be like, okay, I'm ready for that money now. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, just in general, I would say it's about focusing on your business priorities. You know, you you mentioned that whole alignment factor, focusing on, is this in alignment with who I am as a business owner, what I want to do? Does this support... My priorities in life, not just my business. Right. I mean, I could spin up doing a whole Pinterest agency, but I'd be working way too much. And that is not I don't live my life for my business. I've created my business so I can live my life. Um, and that's just, I'm clear that that's not what I want to do. So having those times where you, you know, have that CEO time where you can check in with, am I doing what really is the best for me? Am I, am I taking too many coffee dates? Am I, um, spending enough time marketing instead of having my head down doing the busy bee work, um, all of that kind of stuff. And then realizing the money's going to come if you get the right people in your tribe, in your circle, in your community. Um, a lot of people worry too much about the numbers and how many people are on their list. I can't tell you how many times I have like cut my email list in half, because, which is a scary thing to do the first time you do it because the people on my list were not people that were buying from me. They were not people that were engaged with me and really wanted to know what I had to say or teach them. So that's cool. They can go on their merry way and I will go on my merry way. So it really is about keeping that big picture, um, front of mind, or at least front of mind as much as you can. Um, and looking at the long term of, of attracting the right people into your circle. Not just, I just want numbers, vanity metrics, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. Oh, vanity. I've been working on you know, really cleaning up every list and set of followers across the board. Yep. So I'm, I'm with you. There's no point in having fluffy numbers. Like we want numbers who like what we're releasing into the world, whether that's a product, service, etc., etc., etc. You know. Right. So, Kara, you are full of so much wisdom. I have a feeling you're going to have more and more people from my tribe start reaching out to you because Pinterest is. It is a, it feels like a dragon to tame, but you simplify it so well okay. and you make it digestible and able to be done, you yeah. know, able to be executed. Yep. I've learned so much from your course. Where can everyone find you
1: and keep up with you and take part in your online community, Pinterest power up? Yeah. So all the details. one of the benefits of having a uniquely spelled name is it was available across all platforms everywhere. So uh, you can find me at cara Chase, KaraChase.com, at KaraChase everywhere. And it's C-A-R-A-C-H-A-C-E. And that is my username everywhere. Um, that's where I am on Facebook, online. And my free Facebook group is the Rockstar Solopreneurs Group. And that is another group that I run that, um, I do office hours every week and we just have a ton of fun. I kind of have a knack for the perfect gift and that happens a lot in that group. So (laughs) I invite everybody to, to join us in there and have some fun and talk about business.
0: Love it. Well, Kara, thank you so much for joining me. Um, please come back again and I'm excited to collaborate in the future for those of you listening Kara and I have put together a Pinterest and Instagram intro course called Marketing for Visual Brands you can find that linked up as well and we are just excited to really help y'all
1: tackle the online visual sphere um, in a kick-ass way
0: sometimes it's hard to make it all add up with a Microsoft 365 subscription money in Excel helps you keep track of all your accounts in one place with added alerts and personalized budgets by now at Microsoft 365.com/money
1: when it comes to heating and cooling you can be sure it's done right guaranteed when you hire a carrier factory authorized dealer. An HVAC system sold and installed by a factory-authorized dealer comes with great benefits. Experts with advanced training, integrity, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Turn to the experts at Carrier.com.